0: Keep your Bibles open as we look uh, at this uh, narrative of Joseph for Christmas. We, in, in previous uh, Christmas messages, we've looked at Christmas through the eyes of Mary. We've looked at Christmas through the eyes of the shepherds, through the eyes of the angel who visited the shepherds, through Simeon and through Anna. Anna. So this morning, we're, we're looking through the eyes of Joseph, and apart from Mary, there's no other character in the Christmas narrative who really captures the, the simultaneous wonder and confusion of that first Christmas like Joseph. And so in the life of Joseph and in this, this particular narrative, uh, we... We learn a lot about Joseph and a lot about what the Lord is doing, but we also have uh, many applications uh, to our life today. So let's pause for just a moment before we study this passage together and once again just ask the Lord to help us today. Father, our, our hearts are indeed filled with thanksgiving and joy today. We are so blessed. We we are we are blessed beyond, far beyond what we deserve. We're so thankful for all of the, the the blessings and the joys of being able to give one another gifts, of being able to celebrate Christmas by gift giving and gift receiving and being with family and friends and enjoying. Good food, and especially on a day like today, being able to go back to a warm home. To have the life and health to be able to even be here. There, there's so many just remarkable graces that we are enjoying today. So many people around the world have no idea of these kinds of blessings. And yet the reason why we're here on a holiday is because we, by your grace, Father, are actually privy to the real meaning of Christmas, beyond the trees and beyond the gifts and the stockings and the food that Christmas is. As we heard in our children's sermon, it's about Christ, that the Son of God entered into his creation in order to redeem a fallen, miserable, confused, and blinded, and rebellious, and evil people. To rescue us, Lord, from our own sin, and to make us a people unto the Lord. Christmas is an absolute miracle of grace. So we, we come with hearts filled with gratitude, filled with joy, filled with thanksgiving and worship. And as we look at some events of that very first Christmas where, where it all began, where the promises, years and years of the promises that you made to your people broke into fruition on that first Christmas morning. As we look at those events, Father, speak to our hearts, encourage your people, motivate us, equip us, encourage us, challenge us. And if we are gathered here this morning and we are not part of the people of God, part of those who know the true meaning of Christmas and who hold it dear and cherish it in our hearts, Lord, would you speak louder than I ever could right to our heart, right to who we are, that Christmas may shine bright in our soul as never before. Lord, to you be the glory and honor and praise for what you will accomplish in these next few moments together. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Think about Joseph in this way. What he initially was convinced to be the truth was in reality far, far from it. And what he came to know to be the absolute certain truth was far, far more than he could ever comprehend. So I want us to stop for a moment and just consider this lesson as we begin this time together this morning from the life of Joseph. God was doing something in Joseph's life that Joseph in the initial stages was completely unaware of. And I want to remind us here this morning that God is doing something in every one of our lives. Most of which we are completely unaware of. God is bringing his will about in each of our lives. And it just might be something entirely different than you can ever even imagine. This is where we find Joseph. This doesn't dawn on Joseph. It's revealed to him. And furthermore, God's plans and purposes are without a doubt beyond our imagination. God is always up to something bigger than us. And by his grace, God includes us in this wondrous outworking of his sovereign will for all time and all of eternity. Joseph at first was just looking at things from the soul perspective of Joseph. That's the way we usually look at things, from our soul perspective. But God was including Joseph in something far bigger than Joseph. That's Christmas. That's what Christmas means. God is up to something far bigger than us and and by his grace he includes us in his wondrous work. Aren't you glad this morning God is working something far beyond us and greater than our imagination? This is truly about joy to the world. Joseph was thinking about life in terms of joseph god was thinking about joseph in the place in which god had him for the means of joy to the world but at the beginning of that first christmas joseph had no idea just how wonderful were the plans of god In fact, at first, what Joseph thought tragic turned out to be triumphant. What Joseph first thought to be miserable turned out to be majestic. What he thought to be disappointment turned out to be deliverance. What he thought to be crisis turned out to be Christmas. So let's take a lesson from Joseph. When we eventually find out what God is really up to in our lives, maybe in this life, maybe in the next, it will be far greater and more, far more joyful outcome than we could have ever dreamed. So let's listen and watch together as this unfolds for Joseph and make the applications to our lives as we can along the way. First of all, there is the heartbreaking discovery. The heartbreaking discovery. Now, the first part of verse 18, Matthew tells us right away that he's getting ready to share with us about the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, the first 17 verses of of Matthew's gospel, he goes painstakingly through the genealogy of Jesus, the historical lineage of Jesus, And he does this to prove, number one, that Jesus is the promised one. Number two, that this is unfolding in God's perfect timing. This is just as God has planned it to be. And number three, you can't make this stuff up. No man could come up with this. You can't arrange it like this. God had to be doing this throughout all history. Things were happening and it was unfolding and Christ was coming. And Matthew is saying, and here he is. So we know we, we're the readers of Matthew's gospel, and by the time we get to the first part of verse 18, we know that Jesus Christ, the promised Son of God who will come to save sinners, is about to be born into the world. We we know that, but Joseph doesn't in his time. So we continue in verse 18. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. Now, betrothed, what, what is betrothal? Well, in, in Jewish culture, that was something like our engagement. Except that once you were betrothed, you were considered husband and wife. You were considered to be a married couple. And so betrothal was really more binding than our engagement period. However, it wasn't until the wedding, it wasn't until the marriage ceremony, it wasn't until the expressing of covenant devotion to one another that the couple would come together in their home and consummate that marriage and finalize that union. And that's the period of time that we find Joseph and Mary in the narrative before us. And by the way, that's always been God's plan. I know it's not the world's plan. I know the world says, go ahead and cohabitate. I know the world says there's no restraints on our sexuality. Love is love. But we're not of the world. Church, we're not of the world and we know God created our bodies and God created our sexuality and God's plan is better than the world. So we honor God with our bodies and we, we worship and glorify him with our purity as believers in God's riches. It's always been God's way. Don't listen to the world. Follow the Lord. But continue with me because this is exactly why Joseph becomes upset. Because before they came together, she was found to be with child. Now listen carefully. That was devastating. From Joseph's perspective... That was devastating because they had not yet come together and Mary is pregnant. Now, there's no other explanation. There's no other explanation. There's no other explanation except that Mary has been unfaithful. There could be no other explanation. There could be no other explanation. So Joseph is embarrassed. Joseph is hurt. Joseph is angry. Joseph is upset. Joseph is feeling right here in the last part of verse 18. Joseph is feeling exactly what you would be feeling if you were in his shoes. Exactly what I would be feeling. Now continue with me. The Bible says she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now that's the part Joseph didn't know. That's what God was up to that was bigger than Joseph that Joseph at this point was completely unaware of. That's the part that's going to change everything. From all accounts, Mary has been unfaithful, but the reality is actually she is the most faithful young lady in all of Judea. That's why she is with child from the Holy Spirit. So now in verse 19, we find out what kind of man Joseph was. It says, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He could have made a big show. He could have unleashed his hurt and his anger, and he could have made life as miserable as possible for Mary, for cheating on him and betraying him, maybe even to the point of having her stoned to death for adultery. He could have unleashed his vengeance. But Joseph was a good, humble man godly man and even in the worst of circumstances he resolved to bring no further harm to mary find out something about joseph he really loved her he really loved her In spite of her seeming betrayal. Mary was not the only faithful person in this betrothal. Joseph continued being faithful to her. He just kept loving his neighbor. He thought he had been wronged. And here's our lesson so far from another lesson from Joseph's life. He thought he had been wronged, but he just kept doing what was right. And as it turns out, being done wrong was far from the truth. And that's what Joseph finds out next in the humbling revelation. And so now in verse 20, now things begin, a whole new world begins to open up for Joseph. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream... Now listen, listen just for a second. When your world turns upside down, when everything seems to be going wrong, when everything seems to be falling apart, don't give up and don't give in. Be like Joseph. Just keep doing what's right. Just keep doing the right thing because God has a word for you when you need it the most. Right in his time, God has a word just for you. And right at the moment when Joseph needed to hear a word from God, when no other word would satisfy, God sent a word directly to him. And the angel said, Joseph... Called him by name, that's specific. You see, God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what you need. He said, Joseph, he called him by name. He's personally aware of who you are and where you are. And he said, Joseph, son of David. Now that that was huge. Reminding Joseph that he was of King David's lineage. Now, why is that important? Go back with me to verse 1. Verse 1 of Matthew 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Son of David. The angel reminded Joseph that he was of King David's lineage, and the Christ will come from King David's lineage. And so he says, then, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Now, right here, God is completely disrupting Joseph's Plan, And that's what God often does when he speaks and gives a word directly to us. He often completely disrupts our plan. God told Joseph, in fact, to do the very opposite of what Joseph was planning to do. That's why we've got to be humble and we've got to have our ears open and we've got to be ready to receive God's word for us because many times our plans are in the opposite direction of God's plans. Many times what we feel is right is, is, apt, is actually in the wrong direction. And so he says, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. In other words, stop, stop your plans. Don't do that. Don't divorce her quietly. Why? Because I'm up to something bigger. What you thought was true is actually not true. I'm actually at work doing something far beyond your imagination. And you just happen to be included in the narrative. And then he says, For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now you say, How in the world did Joseph believe that? Well, if an angel from heaven shows up and starts talking to you, you pretty much take his word for it. But now he knows! Now he knows! Now, that brings a completely different aspect and perspective to everything, doesn't it? It's no longer heartache. It's no longer hurt. It's joy. It's humility. It's overwhelming sense of inadequacy. Grace. God's promise being fulfilled and and I'm involved in it. Now Joseph knows he's not caught up in some kind of betrayal. He's caught up in the birth of the Messiah. He hasn't been done wrong. He couldn't have been done more right. So in verse 20, the angel explains how Mary is pregnant and in verse 21, he explains who the child is that she carries. And the angel says, For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, for she will bear a son. It's a boy. Sorry to name this, the title of that, the sermon of that. It's a boy. Now there's a gender reveal, right? Joseph wanted to have a gender reveal party then, it's a boy. Joseph, a son of David, is going to have a son who will be the son of David, the one in which God's people has been waiting on for thousands of years. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He even gives Joseph the name Jesus. Now Jesus is the same name as the Hebrew name Joshua. And that word Joshua means he saves. Jesus means he saves. So just as Joshua led the people into the promised land on earth, Jesus will lead the people of God into the promised land of eternity of heaven and this is exactly how the angel then explains the name jesus how did you come up with jesus here's the explanation for he will save his people from their sins that's how you get to the promised land that's how you get to heaven that's how you get to god That's how you get to forgiveness. That's how you get to new creation. Through faith in the sacrificial substitutionary death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It was a very humbling revelation. And then lastly, we see the Holy Child. The Holy Child in verses 22 and 23. Matthew tells us that what's happening right now, what Joseph is hearing, has actually been promised for hundreds of years. So he says all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. In some ways, what was absolutely most surprising and shocking for Joseph was actually not all that surprising. Because God had said, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how it's going to happen. And this is what it's going to look like. A virgin will be pregnant with the Messiah. And here she is. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. What Joseph first thought was Mary's sin turns out to be Mary's Savior. Turns out to be Joseph's Savior. Turns out to be our Savior. There's only been one virgin birth because there's only been one Savior. Now think just for a moment what that name Emmanuel means god with us that's christmas you see because we are sinners and and each one of us have rebelled against our creator we've all said things we shouldn't we've all done things we shouldn't have we've all thought things we shouldn't have we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god We've rebelled against our creator. We've gone our own way and to his displeasure and to his dishonor. If we were to ever be with God, if we were to ever be reconciled to God, if we were to ever be right with God, if we're to ever be forgiven, if we're to ever have a home in glory with our Savior, if we are to ever be with God, God must first be with us. Christmas Emmanuel Almighty God with us I'm so glad you're here this morning by the way Do you realize now I heard this I heard this last week and I was listening to A sermon last Sunday, and the preacher said that Christmas will not fall on Sunday again until 2033. 2033. Which means that today is one of the most unique worship settings for this congregation that we will ever have together. Think about this. Eleven years from now, the makeup of this congregation, the makeup of this room, will be different. It won't be the same. Eleven years before we celebrate Christmas on Sunday again which I thought about it this way that means Aletheia is going to be 21 years old <laughs> summer we should be grandparents by then <laughs> but truly the main reason is so special to be right here right now is because we've gathered to worship Jesus it's christmas And Christmas means, to our surprise, just as Joseph was surprised, God has actually left the throne of glory and he's actually here for the sole purpose to save me and to save you. Now let's look at verses 24 and 25 for our conclusion. So what's Joseph to think and what's Joseph to do? Well, verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Joseph got a word from God, and he was obedient. He just simply did what God told him to do, no matter what everyone else must have thought or said at the time. Can you imagine the grapevine? Can you imagine the rumor mill? Can you imagine the murmuring and the whispering? Can you imagine the shunning? Can you imagine all that was said behind closed doors or maybe even to their face because not everyone knew what God was up to and not everyone would believe it even if they did know it I was thinking about that have you ever been in a situation where you knew the truth but others didn't know the truth and it kind of puts you in an odd situation I felt like that the other day. I was, I was coming out of uh, leaving Walmart. Now, I'm usually coming out of four places. I'm coming out of church, I'm coming out of the gym, I'm coming out of Walmart, or I'm coming out of the dollar store. That's it. Well, I was leaving Walmart the other day, and I had a couple of bags, you know, this self-checkout. Don't you love self-checkout? It's a wonderful thing. So I've got two Walmart bags, and then I've got... Because I finally got to hit the woods a couple of weeks ago. I've got four huge bags of deer corn in my shopping cart. Now, you, do, you can't bag those. So I'm, I'm leaving Walmart, and you know the lady that checks your receipts? She said, I need to see your receipts, sir, for all that corn. Well, I happened to be wearing a jacket with about 12 pockets in it. And I was in a rush... And I had no idea where I put my receipt. So I went in this pocket and that pocket and this pocket. There was no receipt. After about six pockets, I said, ma'am, I promise you, I just paid for this corn. I knew the truth. And she looked at me and said, uh-huh. <laughs> so I finally found that receipt and showed her. It's kind of an odd situation when you know the truth and others don't. But actually what Joseph does right here kind of propels us into next week, propels us into the New Year's Day message. And the application for us is simply this, to just get in God's word because he has a word just for you. And then simply be obedient. No no matter what others say, no matter what happens, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it appears like, God's got a word for you. Get in his word, hear that word, and just simply be obedient. Just keep doing the right thing. God's up to something bigger than you. But by grace, he happens to be including you, folding you into his great big plan. And we find out about it a little here and a little there of what God is doing, of how God is using us, of what God is at work in our lives. We'll find it all out later. But let's just see what God will do when we let go of what we think and just simply trust and obey. And he called his name Jesus. Well, what comes after that, preacher? The gospel. The saving message of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you and praise you. You sent your son in order that we might have life. We all confess that we've messed things up. We're sinners. If there's one thing we absolutely need, it's a savior. And that's the one thing you've absolutely sent. So, Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for Christmas. And now comes this time to to respond to your word, to respond to what we've learned from Joseph's life. And so, as you have given us your son, we in turn give you our lives. As believers, Father, we just ask that you would cleanse us, that you would forgive us, that you would refresh us, you would fill us with your spirit. And that we would head into 2023 with a new passion and a new desire for your glory. If we are apart from you today, we, we give you our lives, Lord, that you might make us new. New creation in Christ. That we might enter into 2023 a brand new person with a brand new life and a brand new eternal future because of Christ, because of Christmas. Now, Lord, may your will be done in all of our lives in these next few precious moments, we ask in Christ's name, amen.